So before you could send emails from your internet service provider, or sorry, email service provider, we call it ESP. That's your convert kit, your active campaign, your keep, your mailer light, your flow desk, whatever. Before we could show up in inboxes on the riding on their reputation of that company. So it'd be like the emails passed to the recipient server. We'd be like, hi, I have an email from Cheryl to Sophia and the uh, uh, convert kits vouching for them. Got so it. it's fine. We're riding their reputation, but now we have to have our own domain reputation. So CherylRerick.com has its own reputation online as a sender. And it can, and best practices, like if I follow good practices, it'll be good. And if I don't, it'll be bad, but it's on me. It's my own reputation now. Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. We have Cheryl Rarick on the show today. And Cheryl helps busy coaches and course creators like you automate your entire client journey from attracting new leads to serving happy clients to collecting dreamy referrals. And she's awesome at what she does. And you absolutely must know her. But we are here for a very specific purpose today. And that's not discussing automating your entire client journey. Instead, we are actually going through the dirty details surrounding Google and Yahoo's biggest update in 20 years. I'm actually not sure if it's the biggest update or only update. I'm sure there have been some updates, but it sounds like this is like on a whole new level. So let's just get down to it. Google and Yahoo are making updates to how they deliver emails And you absolutely must make these very simple changes if you want your emails to be delivered to your email list. If you think I'm being dramatic, I'm not. There is a deadline to this. It is February 1st. And if you are listening to this, you are a business owner and you cannot afford to not listen to this episode. So let's break this down. Here's how it currently works in super simple terms. You grow your list using a CRM platform like Kajabi or ConvertKit or whatever it might be. Every time you send your weekly email to your list, your email is essentially knocking on Google and Yahoo's door asking to be be let in to the inboxes of your community. And Google and Yahoo let you in because they know or recognize your CRM. But starting February 1st, things are changing. You will now be allowed in or not allowed in based on your own reputation and online identity. And Cheryl is going to break down in way more detail, by the way, and also probably in much better in a much better way than I just did. But she's going to break down inside of today's episode how this actually works, why these changes are so important, and what you actually have to do to be sure that you're not one of those people that are going to have, you know, massive deliver deliverability issues after February 1st. So we're going to cover three simple steps that you must do in order to be let into people's inboxes after February 1st. And I want you to think actual code that you need to be putting on your website so that you essentially have an online ID that Google and Yahoo can recognize. We're also going to cover strategies for strengthening your relationship with your list to increase deliverability over time. I mentioned this inside of the episode. For me, this feels like the beginning of a process, actually. Like, I think we're going to have to, and I think, I don't think this is a bad thing. Like, the whole point of this is to be avoiding spam and things like that. And we all know we have a lot of spam. So I'm actually really happy that Google and Yahoo are taking this seriously. But it does mean that we have to prioritize the relationship we have with our email list community way more than we have been. We also have to think about it a lot more strategically. And Cheryl breaks this down so well and so clearly. I'm really excited to implement some of the things that she talks about. And she's going to share all the details so that you know what's going on with this update, the timeline, what you can do before February 1st, by February 1st, and then also after February 1st. And honestly, we cover even more because we still got spill the tea. I mean, you know how it goes. We we get into it on this podcast. Okay, so if you're a business owner, this is an absolute must listen to. 
And I'm really happy that you're here. All right, my friends, Cheryl, welcome to Marketing Unfiltered. Before we dive into to the topic of the day, I do want to just have our audience get to know you a little bit better. We do a section called Spill the Tea. Are you game for answering some questions about your business? And just it's like our opportunity yeah. to kind of lift the, you know, share the behind the scenes of what's working right now for you and things like that. And sure, you can kind of it's not fire round, but you can think of it like that. And and then if we can elaborate if we need to elaborate on something. But like, okay. one of, it's just like a trait, like a fun way to introduce you and share you. <laughs> OK, I love it. Let's do it. And I think I saw on your site, you actually service coaches and course creators like specifically. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So our, our yeah. audience is 100 percent coaches and course creators. So, hey, you're in good company. Perfect. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Amazing. Okay. So taking it back, first question, if you could go back in time and give newbie Cheryl business owners some kind of a warning, like don't do this thing or do start doing this thing, what would that be? Take action sooner. Stop learning so much stuff. Oh my God. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Did you learn this the hard way? Is there like a, I learned this the hard way story? I still have to learn it all the time. I'm in my comfort zone learning. And I feel like yeah. I know everything about a strategy before I do one single thing. Yep. And that's not actually real. So that and get nervous system support. Nobody told tells you when you start a business as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, especially as the name and face of your brand being public, that um, it's the best personal development you'll ever do in your life. And uh, nervous system support so that you can, because um, it's scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, is, do Even you if it some- doesn't think it's scary your body's like yeah oh, i'm in i'm on a podcast i'm on instagram people are looking at me i have to you know speak intellectual property my own ideas out there they may be judged like there's all of that so i think nervous system support early on and stop learning start doing earlier yeah i love that do you have a recommendation for nervous system support like anything that you use yeah. or anyone you used Give a shout out. Biz Bestie, Jackie Acri, and uh, she is an EFT tapping practitioner, but she is like, I call her woo adjacent. That's Laura Bell Grace term, woo adjacent, Um, because she's very sciencey about it as well. So she can explain like why things work, but it it just like, it has gotten me through the last two years of growth more than anything else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. This is something that I need. And quick sidebar. I I was just saying this on the last episode. We had uh, Carmen Oling, or is it Uling? I can never pronounce her last name. Um, but Carmen was on, and she talked about nervous nervous system support. And what I find, I said this to her, I was like, everyone keeps mentioning this to me recently. And so I find it absolutely bonkers. Like, you know how when they, they say, if you keep hearing it, it's probably like the universe sending you a signal? And I just... And fine. I said this yeah. in the last episode, which I recorded yesterday. And so I just find it really weird that here I am in a no- new episode and you said the same thing. It's just kind of bonkers. Okay. I'm listening. So for me, <laughs> if you want to do a sidebar here, for me, I've realized, like I didn't know I needed it. I realized a couple years back that I am afraid of visibility, but I didn't think I was, but I just yeah. avoided it. Like I don't even Instagram. Who doesn't Instagram these days? I don't even. This is the year. Mark my words, everyone. DM me and bully me and like push me to like, hey, we're here. Why don't you come play with us? I don't even do it because for me, it was like, I didn't think Instagram was scary, but I literally did everything but it. But that, yeah, that visibility, right? And even doing this with you a couple of years ago would have been terrifying for me. But right now I'm really comfortable. And a lot of that has been dealing with the nervous system. And that's what Jackie and EFT Tapping has helped me do. It's just like create safety in your body because your body is... My body thinks Instagram's the saber-toothed tiger trying to get me. It's scary being visible, right? <laughs> it is so that has visible. really changed my business. Yeah, it's really changed my business just be, making my body feel safe in these situations, I guess, in a nutshell. I love that. I'm going to check out Jackie. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's such a great way to answer this as a, as a thing to do earlier. I agree. Yeah. Like, for me, I mean, yet another sidebar, but <laughs> for me, I agree. I feel like people focus so hard on the strategy and the, you know, those things, which are, I'm not saying those don't matter or aren't important, but 
what I have found is without the mental health work or the background work or the personal development work, like without all that background stuff that no one wants to do and everyone pushes off until a better day that never comes. Without that, a lot of the times the strategy stuff doesn't actually work, like because we aren't able to full like to execute them at our when we're at our best self or whatever the reason is. I don't know the woo woo reason or the woo woo adjacent reason, but for me that is all that has been the consistent like theme in my life. Like I keep procrastinating on yeah. personal stuff, and I'm so good at the strategy stuff, but it doesn't take off until I do the inner shit. <laughs> yeah, there's like this invisible wall that you get pushed against, right? Yeah. And then you deal with it. And then it happens again as you grow. And it happens again. And happens yes. Again. And as you go, you got to. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Random. Okay. Back to our questions. What is your favorite way to grow your email list? Collaborations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simply because you, when you can find an aligned audience with someone where you solve a need that their people have and they don't solve and you can team up, like that's pretty magical, right? And yeah, there's already trust there to when you're being introduced by someone they already trust that it's like a different quality of email list growth right like the people yeah. that you meet this way is different than um ads free opt-ins um i've done a lot of bundles and summits and things like that summits are pretty good but like bundles and there's a like high churn i find with the like you'll grow your email list but a lot will unsubscribe a lot higher rate you know what i mean over the next yeah months. they're all worth doing i just say do all the things to grow your email list but collaborations are my favorite yeah, I I love that. Well, I've never done a bundle, um, but I, I'm because I know like you're you know you you work in email and automating. I have that right, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just curious from your perspective, the churn rate. That was an interesting thing that you mentioned. What, what is a typical churn rate for bundles and summits? You know, I don't know if there is a typical, but I find the larger the bundle, or the more broad the topic. Mm. people like panic opt-in get all the free things yes and then they don't necessarily stick around some do i still think they're worth doing because you still have list growth yes um but you're expecting more unsubscribes or more cold subscribers that you then have to clean off in a couple of months right because they are signing up for too much and then they get inbox overwhelm however what i'm noticing this year i was in a really big one last year and i'm not in it this year and but I'm pro- I'm talking a lot about the changes coming up with email. I'm having a lot of people reopt in that previously unsubscribed after that bundle. So it's not that they don't like me or what I right. talk about. It's probably more to do with overwhelm. Yep, like too much, too fast. So that's a risk. I prefer the summits, especially where you get to speak and they hear you and sort of get to know if they like you before they opt in to your list and more targeted topic. So on email specifically or funnels or launches or whatever, not just all business, online business owners, right? Because you get everything. Yeah. yeah. So if it's I more love, aligned, it's it's better. I love that. We just did our first summit last year and it was and it was really successful for us, but that was exactly what I wanted to make sure. It was like specific yeah. topics so that people who who were speakers, if someone joined their list, like it, it was there was intention behind it from for for all part all blah, 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 all parties. And I was told, I don't know what's typical. They didn't give me typical churn rates, but I was also told to kind of watch out for the churn rate thing. And so I was ready. I was like, okay, like I'm going to get lose a lot of people. I'm like bracing myself. And I actually didn't. And I was like quite, I was like, oh my God, people like me. (laughs) And I was like, I'm, you know, but I think the the most fun part is my open rate. And I'm wondering if the conversation we're going to have today is going to shed some light on open rates for me as well. But my sure. open rate, I did not go down. It actually, yeah, it went up or it stayed the same depending on the email. So again, I was just like, okay, I think the specificity, in my opinion, yeah. if I could give it anything credit, it, feel, it felt like how specific I was with why you signed up for the summit and which was so in line with what I provide on my list. What you do yeah. so that yeah. the, the customer journey made sense afterwards. Exactly. Which is huge. Um, and as the summit host, I think you're going to have more retention than than the speakers totally. necessarily as well. Uh, however, yes, a, a curated uh, topic definitely is going to help that for sure. Ooh, yeah, hot so. tip. That's not even the topic today, but that's a good tip. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> that's just my experience from participating. I haven't hosted my own yet. So just as a well, participant, I've noticed. 
between you and me, we we got all the information. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were challenged to have one client, one new client in the next yeah. five days, what would you do to convert that client? What would be your go-to? Personal conversations. Yeah. Get yeah. actually talk like we're talking now. Human, yeah. Human touch for sure. Yeah. It, would your answer change if you gave yourself a month? My answer would change based on my offer, I think. If I'm selling something that's high ticket, I only need one client. Mm. It's different yeah. than if I want to get 20 sales at a lower price to make the same amount. I really respect <laughs> my time balances why I'm in this business in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so right I think answer. that would change my mind, like depending on what my offer was, I would decide the strategy to get to yeah. the goal. Ooh. But if my goal is one, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Everyone write that one down, too. It's a really good answer. <laughs> Where is your favorite space to create content? Meaning like the Instagram platform, TikTok, LinkedIn, email. I think I know your answer, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> this is going to be the year I Instagram or TikTok or something and take a video of myself. Uh, <laughs> up until now, though, email is I actually am boring. I like sitting at my desk. I know everyone likes to be on the go and laptop lifestyle. I like my stuff. I have multiple screens. I have my bring light, my microphone, like all my stuff. And it's comfortable. It's ergonomic. And I can sit <laughs> and I do my best work at my desk, which is really incredibly boring. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm. there are people. I, I'm one, someone who is always on the go. So, but I also crave my desk and just knowing where things are. The only thing for me, though, is like, like I, I like, for example, in this in my space right now, I don't have a late ring light set up. All my calls are at night because of my time zone. So it's always so dark in my room and the link, the yeah. ring lights would be helpful, but it, they just would give me a headache if they're just on too long. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I like just don't even put them on, <laughs> especially this time of night, you know, so so I can relate and I also can't relate, but only because of my time zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be probably the same. I also really love a good cozy coffee shop, but only if they have yeah. my old favorite one. I could sit there for six hours and not even realize it. They used to have like a really good table. It was a community table. So everyone had their laptops or whatever, but it was comfortable to sit at for a length of time and not like the little Starbucks little round tables you got to hover over and type. You know? <laughs> yes. um, it had to be somewhere pretty comfortable. They had to have really good coffee. and. Um, so I could do that, but I'm not really great at doing my best work on the go. I can do task work on the go, but generally when yeah. I'm out and about, I just want, I don't want to work. That's when I don't want to do it. Yeah. That's when you want to turn off. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little bit opposite of most people. I think they, they like to be able to work on the go, which I appreciate, but I want to be able to not have to work on the go. <laughs> I actually really like that that reframe there. It's like when you're supposed to work, you're at your desk and you're doing your best work. When you're not, you're away from your desk and I'm you're not. turned the fuck off <laughs> yeah. when it comes to work anyway. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. I need more of that in 2024. I actually think I'm going to try to embrace that a little bit more because I'm like... I'm constantly plugged in, I find. Like my my I get I'm getting Asana notifications, I'm responding to feedback. I'm just like, oh, I'm waiting for a train. Let me work for five minutes. Like it's so bad, actually, when I think about it. <laughs> this well, I mean it's kind of the nature. Of it's kind of the nature of the beast though, right? As business owners, like stuff's gotta get done. And if you get a few things done in five minutes, I do the same thing. But that's not like my best word. That's not my my deep thinking yeah. work. Or yes. strategizing, you know, that's task stuff that I can just whip, yeah. out, whip off the list real quick and just then I don't have to think about it. Um, that doesn't bother me as much. Sometimes I like that because then it's not on the mental load. You're not thinking about it for the rest yeah. of the day. But I think we also do it too much and just need to actually take um, time. You know, if we had a traditional job, we would clock out. Yeah, totally agree with you. I love that. Final question. When you are feeling nervous or anxious about something in your business, you kind of answered this accidentally earlier. Um, is there anything that you do to get out of your funk, so to get out of your own way so that you can show up for whatever that thing is that maybe isn't your favorite thing to do? Yeah, definitely. Like we talked about nervous system support for sure. 
that I do ongoing so that I can do that. If I'm just in a funk right now, depends on what I'm nervous about. I think reading your own testimonials is a good strategy. Like hype yourself up. Like remember the people that you're helping and like and read some of their stories. Like I keep a file. Like go back and read your own testimonials and go, yeah, I am really good at this. And oh yeah, people do love what I do. And it sort of helps, I find, just to remember that because we forget, you know. Yeah, I I really love that tip of reading testimonials. That's such a good one. That's a really I've never heard that before, actually. Oh, really? Just like no. revisit why like what other people are saying about you because we're hardest on ourselves, right? Like other people are loving it. And then I feel like I'm an Enneagram too, so I'll do anything for anyone else. And so then I'm like, oh yeah, I have to get this done because they need me. Because <laughs> they need these results. Like so now it's about them and I'll do it. Whereas if it's about me, I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a three wing too. So I'm I care a lot what people think about me. And then I'm yeah. I am a helper and I just like need to show up for everyone. But I put myself last. I, yeah. I tend that's like my the shadow of it all. <laughs> um, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. That I that's a really, really good tip. I have actually one one last question. So this one is actually the last yeah, yeah. question. Um, it, is there something inside of your business right now? I think especially when it comes to sales out, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the thing that you coach on. It can be whatever. Is there something in your business that you feel is just really working right now that you're just excited to do more of in 2024? Oh, that's such a good question. I can answer it in different ways. Excited to do more of it's different than what I think is working right now. <laughs> okay, let's do let's do working then. <laughs> What's working right now for me in this moment uh, is timeliness. Is having an offer that's has natural need and urgency and um, hype around it, so I don't have to create any of that, which is kind of fun. I don't yeah. have to create any of it because I'm just helping solve a real, actual, timely need, and. Um, I was just on a call earlier today, actually, and they were talking about timeliness, like same with Black Friday or, yep. you know, different things in the news, like AI coming on the scene last year. Like if you can work your offer into something that is already in discussion and there's already hype, I think that's uh, a really good strategy for results. It's not necessarily my favorite thing, though. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster trying to keep up with it right now. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing, I think for 2024, I am really going to lean into relationships and collaborations and also playing a little bit, like trying some, like just messing around and seeing what happens a little bit and breaking some rules and just seeing what works for me specifically instead of, you know, doing what we're supposed to do a little bit. I'll report back next year and let you know how it goes, though. I do find being a bit of a rebel to really work, though. I have to say, I I I, I lean into that a lot. Like sometimes I even yeah. look at a trend, not with everything. Sometimes I think trends yeah. can actually be very valuable. You you know, like, and I'm like, okay, let me play yeah. into that trend, especially if I find it fun. Like this happens a lot with fun. Instagram. Like fun Instagram trends. I'm just gonna hop on the bandwagon because I find them fun to do, and that like I want to have fun, so that's why I'm gonna do it. But sometimes I do actually look at a trend and I'm like, okay, what is the opposite of that? And I'm just curious, like, is the opposite more appealing and more fun to me? And maybe I should do the opposite because here's the thing. Trends, like, you know, there's there's a pendulum swing with them, right? Like one thing is going to be trending today and then the total opposite is going to be trending in six months. So it's like, I think what's interesting is when you lean and do the opposite, maybe not in 100% of your business, but in certain areas. In six months, you're going to be ahead of the trend. Like in six months, they're all going to be doing that. And you will have already been doing it for like months and you will be the fucking pro. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Sometimes doing the opposite and just being a total fucking rebel actually really pays off. (laughs) Totally. Well, in my space, so I do a lot of like evergreen funnels and I do. I actually teach. I have a program where I teach long term conversion funnels. So automating the baseline of your email marketing for like a year and selling so that you don't have to. And what I noticed with funnel trends, it's who's teaching that right now. It's a bandwagon scenario. And my issue with that is that there isn't one strategy that's perfect for everyone. Every business is super unique. And so if you're just copying those trends that worked for someone else, it doesn't 
necessarily mean it's a fit for you necessarily yes. for your people for your style of business for your offer but also what how you like to work you know like a lot of people for a long time are teaching sales calls but i'm a mom of three and i value time freedom the last thing i should be doing is building a sales call funnel because i don't want to do yep. it actually well it works sure but i don't want to do it yep. so i think um with trends is also just like evaluating okay but does this actually what i want does this fit in my business and playing around to see what strategies are a better fit for you However, caveat, what I also see is strategy switching where people jump ship too soon. You got to commit to a strategy for a bit and get some data. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time and you don't actually you can't you can't iterate and you can't pivot and and improve anything for results if you don't stick with it long enough soon. So it's kind of oh, two God. sides of that coin. You got to go with it for a bit. A freaking mess. That was a hundred percent. I see this so much as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's that is part of the shiny object syndrome that so many of us yeah. struggle with. <laughs> and I also think that part of it is honestly, there's a little bit of I don't know if I could if I can blanket statement this, but especially on social media, there's some dishonest marketing sometimes, like making something sound oh, like the so best much. thing in the fucking world. And it's really like not it's not the way people are painting so they're making everything sound like the solution to every fucking problem you have absolutely and then people are just like bouncing all over the place because they think oh this must be the thing this is what i'm missing and then fuck, they've just totally shot themselves in their foot and not committed to any all, the thing is all of these strategies work right it depends on the person every strategy works yeah Every strategy works. It, it depends on the person implementing if it's the right thing for them and also the time that you actually put into making it happen, you know? So it, 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 I, I'm the, a lot of this can really get me fired up if we're, care, if we're, <laughs> if we're not careful. <laughs> I love it. Now, today, we're, we're, we're not talking about that, although clearly everyone go check out we, Cheryl because we could. She, she could. <laughs> yeah, we, she could totally have this conversation. We could, ha we could have another episode about that conversation. But... <laughs> What's on the agenda today, the topic of the day, as I mentioned earlier, is this massive shift that the significant change that Google and Yahoo are making, their update, the first update in the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, it, this is Google and Yahoo. I have that right, right? Yes. Google announced it. Yahoo piggybacked, said, yep, yeah, OK, we'll do the same. Oh, Microsoft okay. was already a pain in the ass, so they're already doing these things long time already. Yeah. So um, a lot of it's not new. It's like I said, it's been best practice yes. all along, but most of us weren't doing it. <laughs> now we right. And now you're going to have to. OK, so let's start with I mean, let, let, let's start start with the obvious question. What What's changing? What is the like the shift? All right. There's there's five main points. I'm just going to pick out the ones that are most important for you to know now. OK, Um, actually, let me rewind. Let me tell you why first because that'll explain the what, why they're doing this. It's increased spam. And the number of emails, I don't have my numbers in front of me, but like 494 billion or something, they've increased exponentially since like 2019, the number of emails Damn. people are sending and like traffic in the world. And probably, you know, like the pandemic, everybody went online. It probably has a lot to do with that bubble that happened. So many more emails, um, so much more spam. And statistics show like 50% of that is spam. So what's going on is um, people are abandoning their email accounts at a record rate. So you sign up for a free Gmail, you get all your old Navy flyers and everything, go to that email and then you're like, forget about it. And you yeah. abandon it because it was all junk anyway, right? So that happens a lot. And so Google decided back in December, it was effective in December to delete any account any Gmail account that hadn't been accessed in two years or active in two years. Oh, I didn't even it's a know major that. deletion of like millions of Gmail accounts. And that was a big deal. That was a really big step. For us as marketers, that means if you email one of those, it's going to hard bounce. You're going to get increase in hard bounce. You got to clean your list so that you're not emailing people who aren't opening your emails because it might just be a dormant account now. So that was a big deal. And then, so in their quest to reduce spam, they're looking at taking even more strict measures for marketing emails which is overall a really good thing. Yeah. You know, our inboxes are going to be better for it. It's just as marketers, we got to know the rules. And it's not really that different than like, say, social media or Instagram. 
everyone's been paying attention to algorithm changes, right? It was images, and then it was carousels, and then reels came out, and then we do this and we do that. You pay attention and you alter your what you're doing. We've just taken for granted that we haven't had to pay attention to email algorithms and how we play within the rules of the game. Yeah, I've sort of taken that for granted. So that's all it is. We're just going to pay attention a little bit more and learn the rules, and it's fine. So the reason they're doing it is to re- reduce spam, but they're not doing it because they care about our inboxes necessarily. They do <laughs> care about our inboxes. Not doing it to protect us. They do care in that we'll abandon our accounts, and that costs them money to host all those accounts that are no one's using. But also it means they're not making money because Google and Yahoo make money from, you know, they put pixels on us. They, there's ads, right? It's a free Gmail account, but if it's free, then you're the product. There is nothing free on the internet. Yeah. So they have a profile on us all and not necessarily a profile on Cheryl, a 43-year-old mother of three from Western Canada, but they do have like, you know, well, maybe a 43-year-old woman with shopping habits like this who likes these things or whatever. And the problem with abandoned email accounts is that they don't have profiles and they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. So now they have a liability. And then they also don't have an asset anymore. So that's a problem. They need to crack down on spam because it affects their bottom line as well, which makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. So how they're doing this is making sure, basically in a nutshell, a very, very simple nutshell, is we now have to prove who we are when we show up in people's inboxes. And that has to do with some lines of code that we put where your website records are. And we're basically um, showing ID. So before you could send emails from your internet service provider, sorry, email service provider, we call it ESP. That's your convert kit, your active campaign, your keep, your mailer light, your flow desk, whatever. Before we could show up in inboxes on the writing on their reputation of that company. So it'd be like the emails passed to the recipient server. We'd be like, hi, I have an email from Cheryl to Sophia and the, uh, uh, convert kits vouching for them Got so it. it's fine we're writing their reputation but now we have to have our own domain reputation so com has its own reputation online as a sender and it can and best practices like if i follow good practices it'll be good and if i don't it'll be bad but it's on me and it's my own reputation now so that is effectively what's happening there's okay. technical stuff you got to do and for that to 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 happen but yeah, that's I was that was that was gonna be <laughs> that was gonna be my next question actually. Like, and I don't know, do you do you need an image to show us what to do, or is there like because part of me is like, okay, I have okay, I had a couple of thoughts as you were saying that. I was like, oh damn, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have to prove who we are, and you said that there's some code that we can put yeah. that we would put on the site. Is this code like given somewhere? Is it somewhere we can find? Yeah, or like, okay, yes. Um, okay, so there's a lot of nuance to it. I don't want to confuse anybody right now. I have a free class that goes into it if anybody wants to dive into the nitty gritty where I break it down really simply. But it it's code that goes on your DNS records. So that's where your website hosting records are and all that kind of stuff. And there's three things that you, three pieces of code or lines you have to add. Um, one of them is called SPF, Sender Policy Framework. I think I always forget what they stand for. So if I don't remember it, I'm, an, I'm a certified expert in this. You won't remember it either. <laughs> so don't worry about it, what it stands for. It doesn't matter. I call it your approved senders list, meaning that's one statement where you list all the places that are allowed to send email on behalf of your domain name. So all of my apps that send email from at CherylRarick.com, I include in that statement because I'm basically telling the internet world, like, these are my carriers. They've got my rubber stamp. Like, they're cool to send email from me. So for me, that's my ESP. I use Keep as a CRM for you. It could be like ActiveCampaign or ConvertKit or whatever. I use Kajabi. Okay, so it would be Kajabi. Kajabi, okay. Yep. And then Google, uh, because I use Google Workspace to send email for business. Mm. And then um, I also use, for my courses, I use transactional emails through Amazon SES. So I have Amazon on there as well. But you list whoever you're sending email from. That might be Shopify. That might be, you know, whoever, whatever apps you use to send, that send emails. So it's one list and you list them all. It's like, a, it's your guest list. These guys, this, if emails come from these places on behalf of me, they're cool, let them through. And if not, they go to spam, like reject, right? Okay, interesting. So that's the first one. The second one is called DKIM, D-K-I-M. 
domain keys identified mail. I'm probably going to mess up the last one. I'm thinking ahead already. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's called. DKIM, well, all you need to know, I call it, it's your wax seal. Do you remember like in old timey days, they had those wax yes. seals on letters and they had their unique stamp on it with their emblem. It's like that. I love that analogy because that like, what fun. It's like doing that to your emails to make sure they don't get tampered with from the point you send them to the point they're received. Because uh, scammers do that. They interrupt that like they hijack email. Wow. So it's a fancy method of that. <laughs> it's just a bunch of code you put in your DNS records. Your email platforms will give you their code to use. So it's a lot of copy pasting. There is some rules involved. Uh, watch my free class. I'll get into actual the details. But that's basically what you're doing. They give you some of their code. You put it on. It's like having that wax seal on your email, knowing that it's not being tampered with along the way. Thus protecting wow. your own domain reputation because now we have to, right? It's it's our reputation. It matters. So we're proving to them who we are. We're proving to them our mail is safe and we're also protecting our reputation. Okay. And the third one is your DMARC, D-M-A-R-C. And that is, I could tell you the big long name for it, but it really doesn't matter. I probably won't remember it anyway. I call it the contingency plan. It's the policy for your domain if the other ones don't work. So if they're getting mail that is not on your approve list and they're getting mail that looks like it may have, you know, it doesn't have a wax seal in it, what do you want them to do with it? You can do nothing. You can send it to spam or you can block completely. And so you get to decide the policy for your mail. So those things are now required coming into February. So it sounds complicated. There is a lot of nuance, like there is, you have to learn what they mean, but the implementation of it is really quick and easy. So it's it's something new to learn, but I promise you it's not as scary as it sounds. <laughs> it's We're riding on our own reputation, and it actually makes perfect sense if you back up and think about it. Yeah. Prove who you say you are. Yeah. It actually really does, especially in this day and age, too, is just how things are changing and how people have kind of taken advantage even of yeah. of how we communicate online, right? So I actually, I think this is ultimately probably a good move, but I do understand yeah, it is. why it would be overwhelming for some people or just like nerve wracking, right? Well, especially the entrepreneurs, especially people who are newer or they're not tech inclined and it, yeah. we all make our money from email. It feels stressful. Yes. And it is urgent. Like, it's tough for me because I don't normally like to lean into urgency talk at all. But I am like, this is an urgent actual situation that we need to take care of. And once it's done, it's done, though, right? Like, well, to be fair, you need to update it if you sign up for a new app or something that you send email from. But really, yeah. you don't have to look at this every week or anything. Like, it's right. something you have to take care of in the admin part of your business. And then it's taken care of. Yeah, Okay, so just to recap a couple of things. So especially with this wax seal, yeah. the DKIM, um, I think you said that your email platform will provide that. So for anyone, yeah. we just do we just go on our like I have Kajabi. Like, yeah, how do how would I go at finding that? So yes, they have help articles on it. Okay. But all right, this is where it gets fun. If you're a larger sender, like let's say there isn't a clear number, I would say maybe like over 10,000 contacts, maybe something like that. When you turn the DKIM on, when you turn those wax seals on, it's like flipping the switch to, to now being on your own reputation. And if you're a large sender and Google doesn't know you yet and you just start sending 20,000 emails, chances are some of them are going to go to spam because they're like, who is this person? Are they trustworthy? Like they're going to take a cautious approach. So if you're a large sender, I recommend and I teach a sort of slower way of sending email after you turn those on to prove to Google, put your best foot forward that you're actually a super cool emailer. People like me. People want my emails, right? And so we sort of, it's called domain warming, I guess, technically, but basically we're putting our best foot forward immediately after. So we're not just like lopping the code on the website, like on the DNS records, and then just like next day email blast like normal. Yeah, there's a process to build it up a little bit if you're a high sender. Now, if you have 500 people in your email list, it's not as big of a deal, right? Google isn't really worried about that as a statistical situation. Yeah. Like they're not really red flagging that as much. But for people with larger email lists, we just need to be careful about how we implement it a little bit more. And mm -hmm. usually you have more to risk too. Like, you know, larger email list is often your your main source of income, you want to just really be careful how you implement it. So setting that DKIM record is like flipping a switch now. So you just need to be aware of that. Yeah. 
That's really, really good advice. I'm so glad that you actually mentioned that. And we can use help articles to find that specific code for whoever our CRM is. And so you can do it yourself and find help articles. You can, I teach it in, I have a workshop series out right now where I can guide you and I have tutorials for most of the major platforms. If I don't have yours, I'll add it. Or you can hire someone to do it for you. If you just can't even deal, I have um, a team that I work with that can just like do it for you because I know a lot of people are like, I don't have time for this right now. Who do I pay to do it? So there you have options. You can learn it. Uh, you can follow along a guided process like like my workshops, or you can just hire it out as well. The point is, is we yeah. just got to do it. We just got to do it. Okay. Yeah. Now, what on that note, what happens for someone who doesn't do this for whatever reason? Maybe they're like, oh, this is probably not going to be that big of a deal. Like, what what can we expect? Oh, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to watch and find yeah. out because <laughs> Google has not done this, right? So, and Yahoo, we can't forget Yahoo. So Google started it. Yahoo's following. I know your listeners if they have read stuff about it, they may have seen a number floating around online. A lot of people are misinformed or misunderstanding it, where Google has said it only matters if you send more than 5,000 emails a day, which is true. It does say that, but there's nuance to what they're saying. They're saying you only need two of the three, not all three, or they're saying different things for different categories. But what I don't want people to miss is that Yahoo isn't saying that. Yahoo hasn't said a number at all. Yahoo said all bulk senders. So it doesn't really matter. A lot of people yeah. are like, oh, it doesn't apply to me because I don't send 5,000 emails in a day. And it's in a day, not every single day too, right? Yeah. So if you send four cart close emails, that's now like 1,200 people. Got it. Yeah. Right. So you have to, it's just don't worry about it. Just do it all. Just do it. Yeah. You know, it's best practice anyway. It protects your brand. Don't get lost in the language and the nuance of it. Just get it done and then you don't have to worry. So I, I know a lot of people are like, well, I do this. I don't have to do that or I don't have to worry and this or that. It's just too confusing. Yeah. It's just easier to just do it and then it's done. Okay. Oh, God, I have a maybe really silly <laughs> question. <laughs> there is no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> So like for me, as an example, I'm sure other people are experiencing this too. I'm actually rebuilding my site right now. And yeah. I have like an older URL that I'm going to keep because that's what people know. But like when I started my Kajabi site, I had to kind of come up with a different URL and I'm going to use my former URL as a redirect, right? With that whole redirect thing, the emails, I guess, are coming from my newer URL, I guess. These changes happen to that one then, right? Does that make sense? Does my question make sense? Wherever you like, send email from. It's gotocoach.club is part of Kajabi and I'm sending emails from Kajabi. So that's the one that gets edited, right? Well, you could probably add both of those domain names to Kajabi. So you could probably email. It depends on who do you want to email from? Which one do you want to use? Um, Probably the one I'm doing, which is the go to coach, gotocoach.club. And yeah, that's the newer one? That's the newer one. That site is not even built. People are going to getcoachsocial.com. Because that's the email they've okay. already known. But now I'm just redirecting it to the new one because that was easiest for us. Right. So if you want to change the domain you email from, we're going to, like I said about warming up your domain, we have a process to do as well. Because it's a yeah. it's a baby domain with no reputation and Google does not know who you are and Google will be suspicious of you for a while. So there is yeah. a process that we do to sort of introduce you with your best put foot forward. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a process and it's 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 like a slower approach, but it's yeah. a safer approach to warming it up. For yeah. anyone who does have a fresh domain like me, there's maybe some extra steps in your process just to Yes. Okay. Especially a fresh domain with an existing list. Like you have a lot of subscribers. Yeah. And you're going to f- change your domain. If you're brand new and you don't have a list yet, just just fill your boots. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. Totally. Let's get started. Totally. Yeah. But if you're all of a sudden going to email 10,000 people or 20,000 people on a new domain, that's different. This makes so much sense. Okay. Another question. Deliverability. <laughs> Maybe I should ask this question differently. If we make these changes, should everything stay the same? Or are we kind of looking after these changes happen to kind of see some shifts in our like open rates and just like the stats that we have that we're used to, do we foresee anything like that shifting or is is that unre- unrelated? 
We're like in new territory. I think I didn't really finish answering when you said what will happen if we don't do this. I sort of sidebarred there. Um, oh, shit. Go we ahead. don't really know. We don't really know, right, how strict yeah. they're going to be on who, when, you know, they've announced it. So it's our job yeah. to be compliant. It's hard to say if they'll be lenient for a while or not. And the same goes for deliverability. So the biggest misconception about deliverability is people think it's the job of their ESP, of their email provider, when it's actually 100% on us as the sender. The job of the email provider is delivery. Their job is to hand it off to the server, like the inbox providers like Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, or whoever. Mm. But from there, the decisions made of whether or not they actually put your email in the inbox or the spam folder has to do with your reputation, your best practices, and your relationship with the individual subscriber. If they, if that person opens and clicks your emails or reads your yes, yeah. right? Each one. So deliverability is a bigger conversation because it has to do with managing your list and keeping it clean, like not emailing unengaged people for a long time, making sure people are opening and clicking if possible, replying, making sure the content in your email doesn't accidentally look like some of the patterns spammers use. A lot of the time when we do that, it's accidental. (laughs) Yeah. When we use language or, you know, too many pictures or too many links or something it's it looks like spam it's not spam but it looks like it could be and the it's those those algorithms those computers finding you know patterns so i do believe those will be tighter because remember google's ultimate goal is to reduce spam so i do believe what we're going to have to um, just be more careful than ever about these things like i said it's much like just figuring out what instagram wants today it's not yeah. really that different and it's just paying a little bit more attention than we have. We've taken email for granted most of, most for a lot of years, really. Yeah. Yeah. So you know yeah. what I'm hearing? And this makes so much sense to me now. Actually, something just clicked. We're actually starting a bigger conversation. This is actually like the beginning yeah. of a bigger conversation. Because, yes, we're making these changes. So now, as you mentioned, we, we have to like that's like the first step, though. It's like we're setting this up so that our email actually has the opportunity to get to these people. But then from there, like we also probably have to be better email marketers and make sure that we are scrubbing our list when it's time to scrub our list and that we are training our audience to open our emails and to click things so that we are communicating to Google that in addition to me being a legitimate person and yes, please send them my email, this person wants to see my email. So you don't have to put it in the Yeah. Yeah. So it really does come down to relationship with your audience as well as these new regulations or whatever we want to call them. Um, 1000%. That's very fascinating. Yeah. And conversations about consent, too. Yes. And it's like a form of renewed consent. You can consider it like that. Just because they opted in one time. We've always said like email, you own your email list. It's true. you, You have their email address, but email is not a guaranteed service. They don't, they don't have to deliver it. Yeah. So um, consent is important, making sure people want your emails. And you know, here's the thing, people get really attached to their email list in weird ways and cleaning their list. It can be a lot of drama around that or emotions around that. We don't want to email people who don't want our emails. Like don't waste your energy or time or space. It drags your open rates down for everyone out and like reduces your deliverability so that you can't reach as many of the people who do want them. Yeah. And um, you can just bless them and release them. They can come back. They can come back if they want to. Just like um, And it you. saves you time. Yeah. They, a lot yeah. of people came back, you know, because things change in their business, too. Yep. And their life and their needs change, too. And cleaning them off your list is more work than them just unsubscribing when they're done. You know, it, unsubscribing is not a bad thing. We don't want people to report us as spam. Yes. But unsubscribing is is totally cool. That's great for us, actually, if they would do that rather than just not opening anymore. Yeah. Okay. That's I love kind that. to unsubscribe if you're not opening emails. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good reminder because you're right. We have a lot, like for some reason, we're very attached to the number of people. And I can admit that I even get this way. You know what I mean? It's almost like I spend so much time growing my list. So I want that number to be as large as possible to almost like help me feel like it was all worth it. <laughs> And it then, hurts so bad. So it hurts bad. so bad cleaning your list sometimes. So funny because it really is no different. It's like if I have 500 people, it's just like random numbers. If I have 500 people opening my emails, but I have 1,000 people on my list and I scrub my list so I only have 500 people on my list, 
It's actually exactly the same. Like those 500 people who were opening my email list, emails before are still opening my emails. So it's like, yeah, it's interesting that we have this attachment. We get a lot of what if syndrome around it. But what if six months from now they open the email and buy? Well, the stats show that they're not going to. Yes. Um, And then people, what I hear people say to justify that is, well, I've done it. I've Mm -hmm. not opened something and then I opened it and then I ended up being a customer. And I'm like, but you're the exception. It's not the rule. And in business, we need to make decisions based on data and keep inviting people back to join your list. Really just talk about your list all the time so people can come on your list. Yeah, 100%. Um, So I'm curious like last question. This is so good and so helpful. And I hope everyone is like literally writing this down and doing this this afternoon, watching your class first just to get the whole, all the info and then doing it this afternoon. But I am curious after we do this. So after yeah. we we do like, you know, we, we do these three pieces of code and we, we that's all sorted check. Do you recommend anything else strategically for that relationship piece? Like, is there something we could maybe be doing right after that to kind of also strengthen that relationship so that Google's also be like, oh, they have a relationship with these people? Like, should we send a link that people are going to want to click on? Should we do a survey that or should we? I don't even I don't even know. I'm just like pulling out ideas randomly. But is there anything that comes to mind that we could maybe do for the next month after this change happens just to really strengthen that relationship piece? Absolutely. So first thing is just email your most engaged people. So if you haven't cleaned your list, do it now. Yeah. Because you don't want to be emailing people who haven't opened a single thing or clicked a single thing in like three months. Three months. It's not the best foot forward, right? Like it's not the, yeah, 90 days is a good marker. It's not like, hey, look, all these people love me, Google. I'm awesome. Because that's the message we want to send. So uh, focus on emailing your most engaged and getting them too engaged. So opens are good, but that's the least metric that they care about. Clicks and replies are wonderful. So replies are hard because you don't track those in your email service provider. You don't see stats on it. However, they're one of the strongest markers of engagement. And Google does, like, I remember I said they have algorithms. They know what we're doing in our behavior and who we're replying to and not. They Like, they have AI on board now, too. <laughs> like, they know yeah. all the things. Um, replies are great. So if you can send an email that asks a juicy question, make your questions easy. Because people, yes. if they have to think about it, they won't reply. <laughs> it's the same as comments on Instagram, too, right? It has to be something juicy and easy. If you're in B2B, if you're selling to other people with email lists who are doing this right now as well, you just level with them. Just help me with my email list and hit reply and say, got it. Make sure you got the message. Links to click are good too if you can get interaction. So you might re-deliver a freebie or something. If you have something on hand that you can just give a gift, that's always a good vibe anyways. Yeah. And gets, you know, some increased clicks and stuff. Sharing some juicy article or blog or something. You know your audience best, right? Everyone's yeah. strategy here will be different. But if you can do something to get increased engagement, like like purposely think about what can I email that will get more people to engage with this right now. That would be a good plan. That's always a good plan. Exactly. <laughs> but but people do yeah. forget to do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Sure. And so I yeah. love the timing of this because, okay, so it sounds like if we were to break this out into steps, like before, when does this all go down? February 1st, I think you said, right? Yeah. And like I said, we don't really have any idea how strict or lenient they'll be at first. Right. We, right. Don't, we don't really know. But they have given us a deadline of February 1st. Yeah. Okay. So let's all take it seriously. So it sounds like scrubbing our list now is a good idea. Yeah. Adding these three pieces of code. And again, she's talked through them, but do check out her class, which is in the show notes to to get more information. So step one, scrub before February 1st, uh, add three pieces of code. And then in February, focus on people who are, are already engaged to kind of build that trust with Google and Yahoo. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. And does that mean like just literally targeting people who are engaged and making those emails like highly engaged as well so that it's like people are clicking and whatever it might be and focusing on that for a little bit and then kind of going back to normal? I know we're just guessing here. I know, Cheryl, you're like doing the best to like, we're all new at this. And I totally am not, I'm not going to hold you to and be like, Cheryl, you told me this and I didn't. (laughs) Don't worry. I know that's not what's happening here. But you know more than we do. <laughs> so I would say if you have a smaller list, like, I don't know, under 5,000, just don't overthink it at this point. Yeah, yeah. If you see a problem, 
reverse the codes, you know, like take the DNS record, like just back it up yeah. or just slow down. You know, if you email your whole list and all of a sudden notice crazy drop off in open rates, just go, whoa, and back it, back it up. Right. Yeah. And take a slower approach. It's mostly those with the larger lists that need to be a little bit more intentional. Now, that said, everyone can benefit from putting their best foot forward with Google and sending a good Always. engaging couple of emails after. Yeah. This like, is literally just, important all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is stuff we have to remember all the time. But yeah. as far as the people with larger, more established lists, targeting specific like engagement, you know, the people who have most recently engaged in like the last week or couple of weeks, and then send an email to the people who have engaged, you know, in the last 30 days. And then, you know, like widening it a little bit slower and yeah. watching your open rates as you go is a very safe approach. You can get really strategic with that. Like if you have a large list and you're worried about this and it's like you're an email marketer, it's all your, all your money comes from email, you can reach out to me and I have a team that can help where we can actually look at your numbers and figure out a specific plan. But in this generalization, most people can just sort of, you know, just common sense with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. I who have clicked last week. We're most likely to click this week, too. Yeah. Seriously, this was so freaking helpful. And I also feel like just even giving people structure, I know my audience really well. And something that they really value is steps and being able to visualize the reason behind they're doing why they're doing things and just like what to do. And so just the way that you've broken it down here was so helpful. And I just feel like they'll actually be able to take action on something like that. And I'm just really grateful that you, you that you took the time to break this down for us. So I'm going to put your class inside the show notes. Tell us a little bit about what to expect in this class and also where we can learn more from you and even work with you, uh, because I know you've got so much more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we could talk all day. Um, So the class, I did it. Uh, live in December and it's a recorded class so it's on demand so you can just watch it right after you sign up and you can watch it you make it fit into your life and it's a long one so warm up your tea or coffee and bring a glass of water but it's because we have so much to cover some of it we talked about today so some of it um, there's speed controls you can fast forward through it as well so you can control that that's the nice thing about watching it on demand instead of live yeah and really I break down what's happening even more detail than we went into today exactly what all this means. I have visuals. I designed a little infographic. There's some really cute stick figures to keep you paying attention <laughs> in there. The stick figures made my life when I was doing the slides. <laughs> so it's, I think it's a pretty engaging class. So I've been told it's been very popular and it's more of like a state of the union. Like this is what's happening in the industry. This is what you need to know. It's not like a sales pitch webinar. I do have a workshop series that I've created to help people get this done more step by step. So people who want everything laid out, do this, do this, do this, and checklists and spreadsheets and the whole bit. And I do mention that at the end of the webinar if you want it. But the webinar, it's a very, it's just an offer that is an option for you. And it's not a big sales pitch webinar. It's not like a normal launch sales webinar. So if you're like, yeah. I hate webinars, it's not that, I promise. <laughs> you can just watch it. And even if you are fine doing it on your own, I promise you'll get value out of out of just what you hear and learn in more detail. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. And I know you said you're not posting on social media, but where can we follow you just so that we can at least <laughs> stay in your find world? me and tell me I need the like Enneagram too. I need some. I need like a reason too. So if everyone's like, where are you? <laughs> Um, you can find me at CherylRerick.com. And yeah, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not. I don't. Oh, like DM me though. <laughs> we can talk. I was just say, do do you know your handle? Is it just Cheryl? Cheryl. Yes, Rarick? it's Cheryl Rarick Marketing. I do know it. <laughs> you hesitated there for a second, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, she doesn't even know her handle." This is amazing. <laughs> well, you see, what's embarrassing is telling people to come hang out with me there. I am in the DMs. It's just I haven't posted it for. I don't even know it's on there. So cheer me on this year, guys. Twenty twenty four. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know, because I was gonna say, like, you responded to by DM, like like pretty yeah, quickly. I'm in the so I'm like I'm yeah. kind of impressed that you're even checking like I feel like if I weren't posting I wouldn't even be checking because I, I don't know I just wouldn't be like engaged with it you know what I mean so I'm kind of impressed that I do really forget days go by days go by and I forget <laughs> yeah I'm on Facebook more simply because I have my group program has a group on there and I'm in a lot of other yeah you know, business groups so I'm on there more often like on there a lot um, you can find me on Facebook too. Cheryl Rarick Marketing is my business page, but I don't check that. You could just Cheryl Rarick, just personal page is fine too. Hey, we're going to find you. Cheryl Rarick. <laughs> you're going to find the name in the show notes. You're going to find the webinar in the show Help notes. Help me out. 
And and I and like I said, this is so freaking helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time for hanging with us. I just really appreciate that you you broke this all this down with us. I, I truly think you're going to save a whole lot of lists today. <laughs> so thank I you. hope so. That's really been my goal is just to because um, for a lot of us, it's our livelihood. Right. Yeah. And it's just weighing heavy on my heart that a lot of people don't know. And it's not that hard to do. Yeah. And uh, I just really want to spread the word far and wide. So anyone can help me with that mission. I would love that. Reach out to me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much again, Cheryl. Yeah, it was so fun. Take care. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.